Welcome to the Become Who You Are podcast, a production of the John Paul II Renewal Center. I'm Jack Rickert, your host. Hey, thanks for joining me today. St. Catherine of Siena said that if you become who you are, that you would literally set the world on fire. And St. Athanasius, an early church father and the doctor of the church, said the Son of God became man so that we might become God. You know, I make a wild guess at this, but I bet you most of us are a bit disconnected from this divine life that these saints are pointing us to. Yet St. John Paul II said there's an echo of the story of this divine life that we're created for inscribed in each human heart, in your human heart. And if you put on the proper lens, if I put on the proper lens, we can get in touch with this echo within us in such a way that we have that aha moment. See, that's the genius of John, St. John Paul II's theology of the body. It connects our lived experience of life to the gospel in such a way that our life takes on a whole new meaning and helps us answer those big questions that our whole culture is so confused about today. Who am I? What's my purpose? Why were we created male and female? How do I find happiness here on earth? How do I find love that satisfies forever? Hey, glad you're with me. I'll be right back for today's episode. I hope you're doing well. Hey, thanks for joining me. I was, it's kind of interesting. So today, I, so, so you thought voting for, uh, for socialists was a good idea, the attack on religious freedom and the dignity of the person. It's a, a column, a newsletter I had written some time back. It was also a, um, a podcast series, a podcast we did, uh, I did before the election uh, in 2020, and really just uh, talking to you know my religious brothers and sisters. Look, we live in a in the in the most uh, in the most wonderful country, at least it was, uh, and still is. It, I, th- I think it's going to change, and I think uh, unfortunately it's not going to be as beautiful and as free as it was. Uh, that's already happening right now. Uh, that's really going to be up to these, uh, you know, up to the people that, uh, you know, that, that to decide what direction they want this country to go in. Uh, but what I was doing is just making it clear to religious people that this was really a battle. You know, when you're talking about socialists and Marxists, they're atheists, you know, and, and this is a battle not about left or right or Democrat or Republican. Um, so, so these issues really came down to uh, religious issues, and this is really what I'm about, and what this podcast is about, and what I do. You know, um, I didn't hear Catholic bishops and cardinals or the Pope stand up and and really proclaim this. There were some good priests that would would say, "Hey, listen, this is about abortion. This is about twisted ideologies. This is about throwing God and Scripture out, and and mankind being the center, uh, anthropocentric." We would call it, you know, where where man becomes the center, and and he's, you know, I I want to be like God's. It's an old story, so I just wanted to be clear on that. So, as I was going through some files, um, I had got a couple of of letters, uh, emails, uh, people supportive, but also, uh, you know, people saying, hey, you know, um, you know, I, I know I was confused to who to vote for. You know, I didn't like uh, Trump's tweets and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, hey, I get that. You know this this guy uh, in in some ways I suppose is a is an egomaniac uh, Trump you know and and a very look at he's a sinner just like me and just like anybody listening to this show you know we're all sinners we all need to be redeemed and that's what Jesus Christ is all about I mean that's the journey we're on we're we're here for a very short time in this world and we're on to something else 
But um, at the end of the day, I just I wanted to be clear that hey, you know, mean tweets and stuff. But this guy's getting attacked, and and it was just too hard to explain to mo- most people, uh, you know, I, I, you know, about Russian collusion and and the COVID thing that was going on, and he was really getting undermined behind him by the NIH and the CDC, and all this evil was coming out, and he was firing back. You know, he didn't handle it very well. That's just the kind of personality he is. So these mean tweets. Look, look at they even started to wear me down at times and my wife um would just say you know if he just would shut up he can win this election you know but but he wouldn't but on the other hand he was the most pro-life person he never took any of my rights away never took any religious rights away in fact he he handed those rights to people he he freed uh small business owners uh up to to be creative to go into the workplace you know he he uh he he just opened up the country you know and you saw this power of what that was and then the covid came and and don't forget covid was a man made thing so you know all of the evils in the world that we're seeing out there today with these gender ideologies and and abortion issues and and socialism and the viruses and et cetera, we can go on forever. These are man-made, right? The violence in the streets. Uh, it's so all these things that are happening. So anyway, so I'm going through a file and I was just going to get rid of some stuff. And I saw an email in there from uh, 20, from 2020, and after after I had uh, you know done these podcasts and stuff, and again these are to, to you know not to tell people how to vote, but just to remind people that if you're voting your faith, that that we have to be pro life. We have to vote for the culture of life. We can't uh, ha- and we can't um, not only be for a platform that's socialist and Marxist, and and that's very clear in Catholic teaching, but we also have to be against uh, you know uh, these these uh, you know abortions and, and twisted gender ideologies and things. These are very uh, uh, <laughs> these are very sick things, and 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 uh, some people I don't think they understand what socialists are. I I had a somebody in our family that that told my wife he said the reason I voted for Biden was because socialists take care of the poor and I said yeah, the guy's 70 years old he was a CPA and I said oh my gosh tell him that that's the most naive ridiculous thing does he does has he ever read a history book does he know anything about anything oh my you know the the worst thing you can do for the poor is get socialists and communists in power right they're going to take what little they have they're going to destroy them and they're going to take it for themselves I mean that's always happened, you know. Uh, ask the poor right now with inflation the way it is, uh, how how they're doing, you know. Hey, the rich don't get bothered by this. It's the poor always that take the blunt of this, you know. And so, so this is just historical. These are just facts, you know. This isn't anything but just facts if you know your history at all. Okay. So, anyways, I hey, I unpacked a little bit about kind of what I was talking about. I said that you know socialists, communists. They're on, and and those that follow them, we're on the 3S highway to nowhere. You know, at the end of the day, you can be an atheist if you want. There's been atheists around since the beginning. People rejected God from the, hey, you have the, you have a right to do that if you want to. You know, God gave you that right. You don't have to get that from me uh, or from a government. But uh, the 3S highway, right? So the 3S is, it's about sex, state, 
and selfishness, huh? And it goes where at the end? It goes nowhere. You know, we bounce around this life for a little while, and then boom, we're out of here. So what's sex? You know, uh, sex is just about, hey, I could have sex any twisted way I, I want it. We want to free kids to have sex as, as young as, as preschool kids, right? We, we owe that to them. Uh, if they happen to be, uh, in, you know, uh, be in their mother's womb, we can, of course, destroy them. And because we want to have more sex, and sex has nothing really to do with meaning or purpose, we can destroy any life that comes out of that. So we can we can uh, we we can take babies in the womb. Uh, gender ideologies, of course, we can teach them to schools and as as, as young as you want. We can groom kids. Uh, we can desensitize them and bring them as, into this culture of, of sex. Right? States. It's all about power and money. You know, the, the, the socialist, the government is the worst corporation. I mean, if, if you rank corporations at, at you know, this hierarchy of, of bad corporations, the government with the, their power structure now and they're so embedded with bureaucracies, this is like the worst socialist corporation you could think of that's going to be like tentacles just leeching out and, and taking whatever it can from you because it's made up of human beings. You know, when, when naive millennials and, and naive 70-year-olds vote for socialists and Marxists, they forget that these are just people. These are people, and they're all grasping and taking. You know, if those people were full of, of God-centered, right, theocentric, God-centered uh, principles and values, and, and, and we're not on the 3S highway to nowhere, but following the narrow road into what's true, good, and beautiful, then, then yeah, then the government probably would do some good things, you know, but that's not the way it is. So they're, they're there for themselves, and they take our money, and they've got all this power then to use against you and just silence people, you know, so that's what that's always been about. And then self, right? I want to be like gods. That's the easiest way to put it. You know, I don't want any rules and regulations on me. I'm in power. I want to be like gods. But the rest of you guys, you have to to toe the line here, depending on how I do it, right? I spoke um, later on about uh, potential voter fraud that we saw, uh, the suppressed uh, Hyder, but, uh, uh, Hunter Biden laptop, uh, Fauci and the NIH uh, potentially lying about COVID. And, and just to bring people up to say, hey, you know, th- there's truth being suppressed here. And you want to know the truth, you know, and it's it's going to wreak uh, havoc on the economy when socialists gets in. That's just historic. They're going to bring abortion and these gender ideologies because Marxists, uh, that's what they do. Again, this is just a given, right? This is just what they do. This isn't nothing made up, you know. So anyways, as, I, as I'm going through and, uh, you know, I wish I could just, you know, go build a log cabin in the woods and, and not deal with all this stuff, you know, but I don't have the luxury because I have children and grandchildren. You know, if we don't stand up now for what's true, good, and beautiful, for what's free and for, and for free and fair elections and the opportunity for all our voices to be heard and not suppressed, then we really don't have a democracy and we've, we'll never have free elections again in the United States. We'll never be able to have power, you know, uh, uh, by the people and for the people, huh? And the light will be have overcome uh, by darkness in this most beautiful country in the world, you know. So I don't consider it my place to anybody to tell anybody how to vote for, but for the stakes of Christians and especially Catholics, it was abundantly clear in this last election. I don't have time to delve into any to everything, right? But but in addition, the attacks on freedom to simply profess our faith is now considered by many to be hate speech. 
And trust me, as one who speaks in churches around the country, I can tell you that this is a very real attack, not only takes place in the secular world and on college campuses, but even in some corners of, of the church. You know, I know uh, plenty of canceled priests, they can't speak of it. And it's it's illegal to, to uh, you know, pastors would be put in, 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 uh, in jail right to the north of us in Canada. So this is where true leadership in the in the in the churches failed us, and so so we say, hey, we have to stand up and and speak about these things as much as we don't want to sometimes, you know. So as I look at at the at the newspapers and stuff here today, and this is just a newspaper today, you know, uh, one headline: NIH admits it suppressed genetic data from uh, China's Wuhan lab. An, another article: there was it's been proven now there was never any Russian collusion in. And Trump's victory, and the FBI was in on on uh, on, on these lies. Uh, there was plenty of voter fraud in 2020, and that's again coming out more and more and more. Uh, we had the uh, BLM movement that was that was not suppressed and allowed to run wild. And you wonder why, you know. And and again, you know, this isn't about our beautiful black brothers and sisters. In fact, you know, I think sometimes we forget that Jesus himself was a. Uh, uh, you know, wasn't a, a European uh, uh, man walking around, uh, you know, a Caucasian. Well, he came from the Middle East. He was a Middle Eastern uh, Jew, you know, and he loved everybody. And, and that's what we're all called to do. So, but their, their, um, their platform itself was really about taking down, look at their, their self-professed trains, train a Marxist, right? They're pro boards. And, and at the end of the day, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, as tragic as a death like George Floyd's death, but millions upon millions of black lives are murdered uh, each year in, in, in Planned Parenthood facilities. These, you know, Margaret Sanger, who started this, was a eugenist who put abortion mills in minority neighborhoods for a reason, right? To eliminate uh, them, uh, to murder minority children. And it's amazing to me that that uh, they don't stand up for abortion rights. But anyways, they do the opposite. And they uh, part of their platform was to disrupt uh, disrupt disrupt what they call the Western prescribed nuclear family, right? A father and mother and children. Well, that's not Western prescribed. You know, the, the Western world didn't invent the, the marriage and the family. You know, it's just so crazy. So they talk about, you know, we have to have collective villages to care for one another, especially our children, and uh, and, and foster a queer-affirming network. And we do this with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of normative thinking and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, you know, marriage in the family goes back to, to the, you know, to, to the very beginning of human history. I mean, you know, this is so wild. But what does that mean again? You know, that um, we, we raise uh, collectively in villages. Well, this is Marxist ideology again. And so they're not going to stand up for the millions of black babies that are murdered, uh, but they're going to stand up for what? For Marxist ideologies. This is again for money and power. And and so here's another, the reason I bring this up, because another article here about what those leaders did with that money. They took that money and they built, you probably heard this already, they built estates all over the place. They took the, of course they took the money. This is what Marxists and socialists do. Okay. Now, uh, Let's just go on a little bit in here because I want to really kind of explain this a little bit. What socialism and Marxism is about, because I th- I think you know we th- we we think like the seventy year old guy that socialism means taking care of everybody. No, it doesn't mean about taking care of everybody. You know, this is really when you take God out again out of our lives. And I'm not saying that 
that uh, you know there's still a separation here between church and state. But when you take God out of out of our moral lives and you start getting rid of people um, that are religious and, and and in governments, and you just put these ideologues and you silence uh, good teachers in schools. You know, look at Disney. You know, Disney. I just read an article on Disney that most uh, of Disney uh, employees support DeSantis, but they won't say anything. You know, when DeSantis talks about uh, he put that law and that you you can't pervert and take away the innocence of of young kids in preschool and kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. I mean, this is just common sense. Can we just call it common sense? But people are afraid to say it. Thank goodness for somebody like DeSantis that'll stand up for that and against these gender ideologies. You know, he wants to restrict abortion and he would like to do more. He didn't do the lockdowns. He didn't do the power grabs. Why? Because that's what Christ doesn't do. You know, he's a good Catholic man, right? That that now, the, the, what a difference from that that woman that emailed me that said, "I don't know who to vote for," and it's very tough. I don't know if I even mentioned that. I don't know who to 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 vote for, and this is really a tough. No, it's not tough. You have to stand for something. I mean, quit this wishy washy stuff. You know, you either stand for Christ or you don't. You know, at the end of the day. We're getting to a point very quickly that that people are losing their souls over this. This is what this is about. You know, Jesus said, I'd I'd rather have you hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out. And that's what these these people do, and I need to shake them up a little bit when I talk because because they think they're doing a great job. You know, I'm I'm going to church. What is, what this, let's see what this woman says. You know, um, I'm going to church, you know, and I'm praying that, that uh, isn't it better though that we just go out and try to do good things for one another? <laughs> yeah, of course it's good to you know do good things for one another. But she sounds like a socialist, you know. I remember you know Mother Teresa said you know we don't you know there was a nun uh, a, a novitiate to call them right when they're when they're they're they they haven't really taken their last uh, their vows yet to become a nun. But they're in there and they're they're studying and they're going along. They have some decisions to make, and and they had to pray or they were asked to pray in adoration for I think it was an hour a day in addition to mass and stuff. And she goes, you know, if we didn't have to sit here and pray and worship Christ in the Eucharist, you know, we could go out and help a lot more people. And Mother Teresa said, ah, no, no, no. You think we're we're, we're you know we're um, social workers, don't you? Right? Basically socialists. Right, but she said social workers, and she goes, "We're not social workers. We're, we're people that that are filled with divine life and love, and we go out and become divine life and love in the world. That we're not just taking care of people; we're loving people. We're seeing God in those people. See, this is a big difference, you know. This kumbaya stuff where you say, "I'm going to take care of people." You hear the Bill Gates and the Soros uh, of the world, right? Let's take care of people, but they don't talk about human beings, you know. See, the the church looks down at human. Human beings, we call it subsidiarity, where the power should flow down at the lowest level because we get to know each other, we get to take care of each other because it's it's loving, you know, it's loving people and the truth. So I have to love you, but I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth, but I have to tell it in love. You know, Saint Teresa Benedicta, who was formerly Edith Stein, a Jewish convert who died in the gas chambers, um, said, you know. Either truth without love or love without truth, one without the other is a destructive lie. You know, and all lies seem to contain some truth, you know. So socialism, we're going to take care of everybody. Uh, we're going to give you uh, all kinds of free benefits and stuff. But but are we so naive to think that? You know, think about student loans. Here I am, I, I put myself through college, then I put my kids through college, and 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 now uh, the kids, now I'm going to have to put the rest of the, the, the country through college because they want to forgive all their students 
student loans, you know, and, and education has gone up and up, the cost of education. Why? Because it's government-backed. As soon as government made those free or, or very cheap loans, not free loans, but free from an interest rate standpoint or very low and gave them out, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the tuition start to go up, the, the bloated bureaucracies on college campuses. Why do you think it got so expensive? Because of government. And then, and then when, when we, the kids get into all this debt, now the government wants to take that. Well, where are they going to get that money from, right? And so what do they do? You know, so they want the votes because they know that these young people, People are going to be coming up now thinking, wow, if they gave me a free education, I'm going to vote for these people. They know how to get those votes. That's why they open the borders, you know, so they think they're going to get the votes. You know, but these corrupt people, you know, you saw Elizabeth Warren and and Pelosi and, and Schumer and Biden and, and um, Kamala Harris, you know, about this abortion that that uh, the that the uh, Supreme Court might overturn Roe versus Wade, and they're just livid. Elizabeth Warren, her eyes are just, oh, I'm so upset. She's shaking, right? She show, and and why? Because abortion keeps them in in power. They're in league with evil. You know, when you're in league with with evil, you know, and you can stay in power, and you start to push these buttons, and you actually become part of that evil. You become you you you're you're so immersed in the power of evil and the and the principalities that we read about in scripture you know um when you start to get taken up into this evil you become evil you know every day we have a decision you know to walk into the light or walk into darkness if you walk into darkness uh long enough you become a dark person that's just the way it goes and um just watch their eyes. I, I I always tell people watch their eyes when they speak. You know the Schumers, the Pelosi's, the Elizabeth Warrens. You know the Bidens, the Kamala Harris. You know all those people spewing venom out, you know, vitriol out. Um, they, they just want to have the you know, mass murder of of unborn children, and that's so evil. Just watch their eyes when they speak. It's amazing what happens. You know you have somebody like DeSantis that's standing up for what's true, good, and beautiful, and then you have you know this this like Eric Adams, the mayor of uh, the New York, right, who just fired one of his appointees because of her biblical beliefs, and and he just go, what are you talking about, right? So uh, there's a Reverend Kathleen Barrett Lane who leads Staten Island's Reach Out and Touch Ministry. So she's a pastor. She was appointed to serve on Adams Education Policy Panel, which she would have been a great choice on there, huh, to balance out these ideologies. Well, she had written that she agrees uh, with the Bible on uh, homosexuality and all these uh, uh, all these different things, right? I mean, just a whole list that St. Paul says, you know, drunkenness and, and uh, lying and cheating, and uh, and she named that. Well, he fired her on the spot when he learned that, you know. It's uh, it's amazing what they're doing. So what happened to tolerance? What happened to equity? Huh? What happens to, to diversity? Diversity? Well, diversity, I guess it only works if you if if you have one one part of diversity, I guess. You know, it's hard to hard to say. Let let me just pick out a couple of uh, uh things here, right? So again, Roe versus Wade, so there's no confusion. You know, all they're saying is that the government, the federal government, had no right to mandate that in the states, that that should be left to the states. So, you know, I heard somebody um, today 
on the news uh, this morning and interviewing a woman that was so upset because uh, because in her state it might get overturned, and uh, and she's right next door to to California. And they said, well, you can just go to California. I know, but it's a drive, and I'm going to have to figure this out and have to figure that. I'm very upset and scared about this, you know. And the and the interviewer said, yeah, I think lives can be lost. And I'm thinking lives can be lost. We're talking about abortion here, right? Of course, lives can be lost. That's the whole point of abortion. Oh, my gosh, what a mixed-up group we are. How about Loudoun County? You know, uh, the the overarching, so they wanted to protect their kids, right? And this has been going on for a while. But again, the overarching philosophy is cultural Marxism, this progressive, politically correct neo-Marxism that says parents have no right to, you know, the, the family right has been taken out, so parents have no right to educate their children, right? So the real solution is to remove the children from these institutions and provide a classical liberal arts education based on Western civilization, the foundational worldview for which America is founded, right? Western civilization is the targeted culture that cultural Marxism is attempting to cancel to allow Marxism to be ushered in in full scale. See, when, when the Marxists came in in... Um, in say Russia and the Communist Party, they realized that in the United States the middle class was too strong and and our religious background was too strong. Marriage and the family, we respected those institutions too much. So they wanted cultural Marxism. See, that's what John Paul and our and our popes uh, understood so well that it was it was the attack on marriage and the family. And and what they would do is they would twist and distort uh, the sexual ideology, so break down marriage, break down the family. Well, this was all part of Marxist ideology. So they just said, this is what we're going to do here in the United States. You know, and we're allowing it to happen, not only on the school boards all over, but in these gender ideologies in school. So l- let me just give you one more example. I could give you hundreds, right? But you can go read them yourself. But Marxism and our libraries, this is from today's paper. Where do we go from here? So in the sign of the times of America's largest library association names a Marxist as a new president with an announcement that may very well have real repercussions for parents and children across the United States. The country's oldest and largest library association has 57,000 different members in it, libraries in it, made it official. The American Library Association's new president is an avowed Marxist. This just happened. I mean, how are we allowing this to happen? So here's a tweet by that woman. Her name is uh, Emila Drabinsky. So in a tweet that broke the news, Emila uh, uh, Drabinsky herself, the ALA's new president-elect, declared this. I just cannot believe that they voted for a Marxist lesbian, she's referring to herself, who believes that collective power is possible to build and can be wielded for a better world. It's, I, and I'm the new president-elect of the LA, uh, L, ALA Library. I'm so excited for what we will do together. Solidarity, she said. I mean, this is just communist stuff, right? The flurry of popular, uh, popularized respon- responses to Trubinsky's uh, Tweet suggests the likely tensions are going to continue her, her tenure there. Among which is one uh, congratula- uh, congratulatory, I'm having a tough time with words today. Sorry, replies, uh, congratulations, Emily. A leading socialist publisher wrote on Twitter, we're thrilled to have a comrade. They call her a comrade. These are just, right? We know these words. 
This, this is old things. Oh, my gosh. This is so ridiculous. Comrade is president-elect of the American Library Association with a big exclamation point. Notably, the same publisher counts among its achievements a new edition. So this publisher just put out a new edition of the Communist Manifesto. This is from Marx and Engels on its 150th anniversary of its original publication, and it quickly became a global bestseller. I'm very excited to have a Marxist lesbian as their ALA president. It's about time. I mean, this is crazy stuff, huh? But this is what we're letting into uh, letting into our countries now. So, anyways, let me give you a little background from John Paul II to kind of finish this up. So, the church has always been against socialism, and there's a reason for that. You know, um, you know, as the most traveled pope of all time, John Paul II was much more than a figurehead for the church. To see him in person or even on the screen, one had the sense of being in the presence of one who truly embodied the gospel, and regardless of the size of the audience, he could connect with and touch each individual heart. John Paul II spoke as one who had authority, uh, as one who, he had authority because he spoke in the gospel, huh? and he spoke for, for Christ. Um, in Mark, if you want to read that in the first chapter of Mark, verse 22, as one who has authority, that's what they said about Christ, and and, and John Paul walked in, in, in Christ's footsteps, huh? as one who was united to God. Huh? He's a bridge between the hearts of the faithful and the heart of Christ himself. He's a shepherd who spoke the truth again but with love, with mercy, love, and compassion. Often he had a twinkle in his eye, he had a smile on his face. He was so comfortable in who he was, a true son of God, that you instinctively understood that there was no facade with him. With Pope John Paul II, what you see is what you get. And Pope Benedict XVI wrote, this fusion of, of what you see and what you get permits him to live his sacred ministry in a completely free and natural way. It permits him to be completely himself as Pope without having to be afraid of letting his office slide too far into subjectivism. He was born free. So Poland had been taken over. Uh, these are my just my words, right? So Poland had been taken over um, many times through history. But he, there was a window of freedom. There was a free country when, when John Paul was born. He was born into a loving home and a country and a culture steeped in the Catholic faith. And, and faith, the family, freedom were important, so important to the Polish people who had been occupied repeatedly by uh, foreign powers throughout their history. Soon enough, though, his life would be met with sorrow and hardship, and it would seem that fate and providence would begin to prepare young. His name was Kirill Wultiwa. Um, when he when he was a young guy, right before he became pope, and and so it started to prepare his heart, huh? Providence and fate to join in union, communion with the suffering heart of Christ. As a young boy, he lost his mother when he was very young, his beloved older brother, a sister before he was even born, and by the time he was twenty, his father also died, leaving him with no immediate family. Soon the Nazis invaded followed by the communists. So he understood this upfront and personal, as it, as did many of my relatives. I have to tell that story uh, about uh, my grandparents. Three of them were orphans, you know. So, you know, how is that for white privilege, huh? Carol was sent to work in a chemical factory, and, and so when the communists came in, he was sent to work in a chemical factory, a factory doing uh, kind of hard labor. You know, they just put him to work, and this is where, as Pope Benedict XVI wrote, his vocation matured during the horrors of war and the occupation. He himself has described this period of 
four years in a world of hard labor as the most decisive period of his life. It was in this context that he started to study philosophy, and philosophy for Kirill would not be a mere book knowledge, but a way of thinking that connected the big questions of life, meaning, and purpose with the concrete reality of lived experience. See, he connected, you know, when you, when communists come over, when your freedom is stripped away, when you lose your family, you realize you start, okay, what is this all about? Who am I? What's my purpose? These are questions that mankind has always asked. But, you know, when you're studying philosophy and philosophy really is this awe and wonder of, of what is true, what is true. Soon he would be, in, you know, soon he would be introduced to John of the Cross. He was a, a Carmelite and Pope Benedict wrote through which the word of interiority of the soul ripened by grace was open to him. So, so uh, by meeting John of the Cross, this interior faith, you know, where you 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 just open your soul up uh, to to Christ Himself, and and you you become very conscious of God working within in your heart. You know, it's really beautiful stuff. Later, he would reflect, though, this is going to be my point on socialism and communism, and he came to understand that they had their anthropology wrong. And here's my whole point for this podcast today. This is what people don't get. Again, I, let me just read that last sentence again, because this is really what I want you to, to leave with. So when he's reflecting back on socialism and communism, what they do to people and how they break down marriages and families and how they undermine the, the, the religious, how they throw God out, how they put man back into the center. And he came to understand that they had their anthropology wrong. That's the study of mankind. They did not understand what it meant to be a human person. In Poland and everywhere else that socialism and communism spread, they attempt to eliminate God, they eradicate freedom, undermine the very dignity of a people created imago Dei in the image and likeness of God. See, this is that deep connection that atheists and, and communists and socialists, they don't get. And, and, and when they do get it, they're out to destroy it. They're full of evil. You become like this Elizabeth Warren, just shaking. She said, I'm shaking. I'm so I'm so." angry that they would dare to push back on abortion and killing our own children. I, you know, this is that sacrificial, you know, when, when you start to worship, you, and you're always going to worship something. You're, you know, that's human beings. Human beings are, are going to worship something. And so what do we do? We worship again on a 3S highway of sex, state, self, and, and it's going nowhere, but, but we just lift ourselves up. So what are we putting on the altar? We're sacrificing, not ourselves, like Catholic would teach us or Jesus would teach you, you become the sacrifice. You sacrifice your, yourself to what? To be a gift to others, to be loved to others, like Mother Teresa, to be filled with love and to be a person of love. And and what do they do? They, they, they sacrifice what? Life. They put the babies. This is not the first time. You know, you put babies on the altar and you can kill babies, twist sexual ide- ideologies again, take power, take money, you know, get votes any way we can. It's all about self. It's, it's anthropocentric. I put myself as God. But here's what happens. We can't all put, have everything. So the socialist says, ah, you know, just like the Great Reset people and Klaus Schwab, you will own nothing. We'll take your property away. That's a Marxist, uh, that's one of the Marxist uh, uh, points, right? That we're going to take your property, anything you own away. And Klaus Schwab said, we will take your, your property away and you will be happy. You will own nothing, he said, and you will be happy, right? 
so anyways, created Imago Dei means what? Created an image and likeness of God, God who is love. And and so anyways, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. If you want to go into that a little deeper, though, let me recommend our Wednesday audiences. Go listen to the Wednesday audiences. We're doing them every Wednesday, unpacking John Paul's Theology of the Body. You'll understand these to a, to a much higher depth, so I'm not going to do that here. But here I just want to finish up with, with a little bit more about the Pope, right? The future Pope's multiple talents. He was a talented guy. He was a poet, an actor, a writer. Uh, he was a sportsman. He loved to climb mountains and play soccer. But he was also a, a philosopher and a Catholic uh, theologian. And he would merge into an underground theater when the communists were there that would seek to hold on to the Polish culture. These talents would then go on to serve him well as he sought to proclaim the gospel to the whole world and unite not only the church but all Christians and even non-believers as well. You know, John Paul always reached out just like Jesus did. He wanted to be united to the poor, the lonely, the worker, the sick, seeking to bring all humanity into union and communion with the divine life, love, and mercy of Christ. And the difference between Jesus Christ and, and the Joe Bidens of the world, Jesus came into the world uh, not not to be served, but to serve, huh? to give everything away to others. Socialism's attack on religious freedom and the dignity of person, I'm going to hold off on that. I, I'm going to, I, I want to quote from a few different popes and Catholic teaching all the way through because this is nothing new. You know, these ideologies and, and you know, taking God out is, is twisted and, and distorted into all kinds of different ideologies all the way through history. But one thing we have to know, that when you take God out and you put man in, you're going to be subject to man. You're, man wants to rule over man, especially when God is out. We forget our human dignity. We don't see the human dignity in another person. We just start to use people, uh, you know, just like pornography. Pornography is one of those things, you know, you get twisted and distorted enough and you, you stop seeing the other person as someone to love, but as someone to use. Well, this battle of the heart starts in each human heart. So every socialist, every Karl Marx, uh, Frederick Engels, uh, you know, and, and then Freud on top of that, Nietzsche, I mean, all of these people, right, that bring these ideologies into the world, it's always a battle of the heart. And and so this battle that we're talking about, you know, and what I was getting back to with my letter to this woman was at the end of the day, you're going to have to make a decision. Who will you serve, huh? Who do you serve? And at the end of the day, you, you can't just be wishy-washy. You have to know that you have to step into this faith. Look, at there was a time maybe 10 or 15 years ago I wouldn't be this strong with, with uh, asking people to stand up because we're the solution. If we don't stand up right now, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out of here, right? But my kids and my grandkids, they're going to have to stand up, but they have to to pass this faith. We have to pass it down to our kids so they know this. Our faith explains all of this because it all comes down to human dignity, religious freedom. That And, and, and I'm going to end with this quote from uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen. A nation gets the kind of politicians it deserves. And he writes this. A nation always gets the kind of politicians it deserves. If a time ever comes when the religious Jews, the Protestants, and the Catholics ever have to suffer under a totalitarian state, which would deny them the right to worship God according to the light of their conscience, it will be because for years they thought it made no difference what kind of people represented them in Congress and because they abandoned the spiritual in the realm of the temporal. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining me. Hey, again, to that woman who sent me an email and others, you know, uh, you're going to have to get off the fence you're, you know, so many people have blinders on. You know, th- this is not a time to play games. You can't play games with evil. Get serious about your faith. Take it in deeply and live it out. I, uh, <laughs> you know, read scripture. Uh, 
go to Mass, receive the sacraments. You know, it, this isn't, and, and pray the rosary every day. This is a spiritual battle. It's brutal, and we're just starting. Hey, God bless you. Thanks again. Appreciate it. And and uh, one more thing. Sorry. One more thing. Don't forget to, to financially support us if you can. Uh, we're, we're looking for a few more monthly donors to kind of put us in the black the next couple of months. Hey, thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone.